Hello and welcome. You're very welcome to this afternoon's debate where we're going to be discussing about how to empower consumers in the green transition, specifically the potential of digital solutions for waste collection and product labelling. It's been almost two and a half years since the European Commission announced its circular economy action plan and we've seen certain measures already taken. But of course, the main aims are to look at the entire life cycle of products, to promote the circular economy, reduce waste, encourage sustainable consumption and also to reduce hazardous chemicals as well so that they do not have the negative impact on citizens or on the environment. So we're looking at ways that this can be done and the EU is trying to simplify and streamline the process particularly through the use of innovative labelling requirements for certain categories and the use of digital labelling. So we're going to look at all of that today. I'm delighted to have joining us a great lineup of speakers who are all very expert and knowledgeable uh, let me introduce you to Malta Galle, MEP and member of the Environment Committee in the European Parliament, so terribly relevant to you. Anna Larsson is Director for Central and Eastern Europe at the ReLoop platform. Stefan Sipka is Policy Analyst at EPC. Nico Tessen is the European Association of Drum Manufacturers Representative. And last but not least, the President of CONAI, Luca Ruini. So thank you all for being here. Uh, Malta, let me start with you. Give us your opening thoughts, set out what's your feeling on this issue, where are we at now, almost two and a half years down the line from the, uh, the announcements, and what do we see happening next? What are the concerns in the Environment Committee and the Parliament? Yes, uh, thank you very much and uh, thank you for having me. Um, of course, the, the whole Circular Economy Action Plan is part of the European Green Deal, which first of all is a huge success of European civil society who went on the streets in 2019 and clearly uh, demanded uh, this uh, political change. Um, what we are working on at the moment uh, in the circular economy action uh, pack, uh, plan uh, in the packages in the in the uh, certain files uh, is really breaking. I think uh, think we uh, implement measures uh, of, for example, recycled content uh, that we really push for uh, a circular economy. That new products have to consist of reuse of of, of recycled materials, uh, and the digital product passport, of course, is a really really important tool to create transparency and um, to push for a really good working second-hand market and also to uh, give all the informations to recyclers so um, yeah we are at the moment uh, in this process of designing all these ideas and I'm also really looking forward to, uh, for the discussion to come thank you thank you very much Malta Anna, let me turn to you. I know you're a specialist in sustainable resource management and working with international undertakings targeting circularity. So tell me a little bit about how you view the current proposals, what needs to be done, where are there gaps. Give me a sort of opening statement overview on this topic. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, well, I represent Relu Platform. The vision of our organization is waste without uh, world without waste pollution, and we would like to achieve that through the implementation of circular economy. At Relu, we welcome all progress in innovations with regards to the achievement of the goals of circular economy and one of that is uh, uh, certain marking of products and, and packaging uh, but we would also like to encourage everyone or the market actors for careful evaluation of the solutions from the perspective of their value creating to the achievement of a circular product and circular 
packaging. Uh, indeed, the clear information for the uh, citizens, for the customers is extremely uh, important. However, uh, this is uh, only one of the system elements. We have to uh, look from the perspective of all the phases of the uh, life cycle of the product and packaging. We have to uh, have solutions at the level of the eco-design production, uh, also uh, with regards to the uh, source separation, but also uh, preparation for the recycling, preparation for the reuse, and final recycling and, and uh, reuse um, models. And uh, in terms of the digital passport and marking of the packaging, I would like to say that it would be very good to see some very simple, uh, important measure. However, uh, it should not be uh, too much of information uh, and uh, it should, the information should not go into the local conditions related to the to the collection of waste because those conditions in every country and even in in regions are different so uh, we can speak about for example glass packaging uh, in sweden we separate glass by, by colors because this is the the uh, precondition for the uh, recycling facilities and the process uh, applied there whereas in norway uh, the glass packaging is collected together with the metal packaging because uh, essentially and in practice there is one umbrella organization, one entity that takes care of uh, those two streams uh, of the packaging. So as the information of the character of the package is uh, really essential and uh, as a Swedish uh, citizen I really appreciate for many years we as consumers have the information on the packages, most of them, like this one uh, after uh, pasta, uh, that the certain uh, packaging belongs to a certain uh, stream. Like in uh, in uh, terms of this packaging, it is um, uh, we are informed that this package should be sorted as plastic packaging. And then later on, it does not close the opportunities for different uh, solutions used by municipalities and um, and regions and uh, recyclers, of course. Uh, thank you very much, Anna. Thank you for the, the handy prop there as well, so we all get a sense. Stefan, um, you're analysing the policy on this. Tell us a bit more about where you see things. Thank you, Jennifer. So, just draw, uh, shortly to introduce myself. So, um, my name is Stefan Schipka. I'm working as a policy analyst at the European Policy Centre, which is an independent Brussels-based uh, think tank. We cover a wide range of topics, including also sustainability, circular economy, which is the focus of my work. And in the last uh, half a decade, let's say, we've been looking into the twin transition topics in particular, uh, and uh, especially the policy framework for the way forward, how to link green and digital uh, transitions. And uh, I would say that uh, there are based on our previous work and findings and discussions we held uh, uh, digital solutions can definitely serve as an enabler for the green transition for circular economy for more sustainable waste management uh, digital product passports in particular can enable uh, uh, better sharing of information across value chains between different actors producers consumers waste operators law enforcement agencies and so forth there are uh, limitations of course uh, uh, to their uh, applicability and also a list of challenges uh, to be addressed and that's why we need uh, EU policies and investments to overcome these barriers and to scale up 
uh, certain digital solutions that already are, are, are being used to some extent, but also to develop digital uh, solutions such as digital product passports and to introduce them more widely into our economy uh, and society. Uh, so we need uh, regulatory, uh, 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 re better regulation, we need uh, investments, we need also soft law, the EU as a convening power to, uh, so that we can actually uh, move forward uh, with this agenda and happy to, to elaborate uh, further on this. Thank you very much. Nico, let me turn to you. Um, oh, how much of, of what you've heard from the fellow panelists so far is, is chiming with you? Tell us where you sit within this panel. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Nico Tessin from CEFA. Uh, we represent the European steel drum manufacturers. And just to give you a small idea what a steel drum is, I brought a small picture here with me. I hope you can see it. Um, this the uh, real steel drum is, of course, uh, much larger. This is not something that you see in the supermarket shelf. It's uh, uh, around 200 liter volume and the weight is about 16 to 18 kilograms typically. Um, it's an industrial packaging and uh, made from steel, as of course, um, as the name says. And, and this industrial packaging is, is handled by professionals uh, through the entire life cycle. Um, our customers are mostly from the chemical industry. And of course, our members uh, cooperate intensely uh, with, with the customers and uh, also uh, digital solutions are under discussion or even in practice in some cases. And we as an association, we, we have been confronted uh, with these issues, especially in context of the material labeling, the so-called etiquettatura and uh, ambientale, in, uh, um, which is regulated by a new Italian decree and um, in, in this context, we also came into contact with Konai uh, just recently, and, and they produced a very helpful guideline and in, in which it's, uh, among, uh, among many other things, it is stated that um, material labeling for industrial packaging can be done either by uh, shipping documents or uh, via digital channels. And, and this is something that we appreciate very much. Um, uh, it makes especially sense because our members and uh, even more our customers, they operate on the multinational and, and multilingual basis. And um, in, in another case where we already were uh, confronted with uh, digital solutions was the issue of traceability. And uh, our members and we as an association work together uh, with the chemical industry uh, especially in Germany. That's uh, uh, yeah, so far my statement on this issue. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you Nico. Um, Luca, um, you're speaking last as, as, as an opening round panelist, but um, I'm sure there is still something to add from your perspective. Yeah, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for all. But it's quite interesting because we have, in any case, remember that the packaging labeling it is something that gives you an help in order to do something. In this case, it is to make a correct separate collection of waste, in this case of packaging. So whatever we use, in particular the digital uh, solution, that for sure will be the future because we are in a digital era, we, we are necessity, but we have to remember that these are tools, something that you need to, to do the right things 
in the right moment. So due to the fact that we, it's quite complex. Uh, we, uh, we, as Sconai, the, the, the packaging packaging waste consortium in, in Italy, manage the, the all the kind of material of packaging and give an help to the also company to how to be designed a correct sustainable packaging, easy to recycle and on the other hand, given up to the municipality in order, in order to collect correctly. And we are different in the different region of Italy. There are different uh, approach, a way to make the, 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 the collection. Sometimes because it is different, if one issue it is if you are, we are inside uh, the, the center of the town, an old town, it's completely different if we are in the, in the, in the countryside. So the collection it is and have to be different because in such a way we can be more effective and less costly for for the citizens but in order to give an help to to the to the consumer to do the right things this the digital solution for the for the packaging labeling for sure will be uh, for, will be the future this is because it can help uh, uh, the consumer in order to do the right act in function of which area they are and which kind of collection on the other hand they give an help of the to the to the companies because we are more more a European company so we produce in Italy and then we sell in Belgium or vice versa and the issue it is that in order to give a help in order to give the right information we need for the language and also for for uh, giving up into doing the right uh, collection, the separate collection act, uh, we need to have this kind of digital solution that give an help to the consumer to do the right thing. Well, and thank you very much. Indeed, the title today is about empowering the consumer. So helping the consumer to do the right thing is absolutely what we're talking about. I want to remind our audience following along that you can, of course, share your thoughts on social media. Use the hashtag EA Debates, but also send in your questions. You can type them in for our panelists. Please try and indicate if it's to the whole panel or to one individual panelist. So do get your questions in and we'll try to take them over the next hour or so. Malta, let me come back to you. Um, some issues have been uh, highlighted there by the other panelists, specifically difference between regions, difference between locations. What do you think are the specific particularities that we really need to drill down into to end up with something seamless? Um, and does it have to be seamless across the EU? Or is it good enough that we set a benchmark? Um, well, are you talking about the uh, digital uh, product passport? In, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, I think uh, first of all, there, there lies a huge, there, there lies so big uh, opportunities within this uh, passport that we do not even know about right now. Um, I'm a huge fan uh, of, of course, of harmonizing as much as possible because I think this is what is Europe about uh, to just uh, reduce the barriers to um, really get towards a harmonized market. And um, if we look at the uh, digital product passport uh, specifically, I think it's really important um, uh, that it uh, keeps a certain characteristic uh, and uh, this is that it will stay open um, and open access. So it, that it's not just a thing for companies or um, for one uh, big supplier, but uh, really a tool for the people that, for example, if I think of a 
bicycle, let's say, um, that people have the opportunity to um, like register the changes that they did on their bicycle, that they can show, hey, see here, I, I put on a new chain and they link the, the digital product passport of the chain with the digital product passport of the bicycle so that they really can make, uh, yeah, that they can really prove like the changes they did uh, to uh, their products. And I think this kind of openness, so a writing option for everybody. And this is a really essential uh, thing I would like to see in this passport. And in general, um, what I also really like is the idea of de uh, uh, deposit uh, return schemes. And I think the digital product passport as well is one tool that can really facilitate this all over Europe. I mean, like uh, it was mentioned before, there are different uh, types of how to collect um, uh, bottles in this case. Um, and I think if we uh, move towards uh, this uh, this uh, this world where we have a digital product passport for every product, then we can also make sure that every product will get back to the waste stream where it belongs. Um, and yeah, to to start to really harmonizing uh, all the areas that that get in touch with our products. Thank you. Um, let me actually come back, uh, Luca, to you. Um, we've heard there, there Malta suggesting that the digital passport offers actually a range of potential uh, sort of services or, or, or bonuses, if you like, that are maybe not already foreseen. Do you agree? Do you see some future use or changes or developments of the digital passport as it is? No, for sure, the digital pa passport will be quite interesting. There is there's still, in this moment in Italy, they're starting with the wine sector starting to use this kind of digital passport in order to give an help to the consumer around the world because we have a, a lot of uh, we export a lot of all around the world our wine like france for for example so the, the in order to to in, to have the right information about the product in this case they they are working quite a lot in order to have a something something digital that can help to have the right information the legal one but not, not only the legal one also the other in uh, in uh, with the big digital passport it was quite interesting when we started to have a a guideline for the company in order to say in italy because we have a mandatory to have some some uh, uh, labeling on the packaging then with what we have started to do it is to uh, given help to the, to the company to write in the, in, the, in the correct way the information starting from the the, the European recommendation and other things that are are, are important and from the technical point of view and what the company also starting to have a, a public uh, a public debate in order to collect all the all the information then the, the the second request was please tell me and give me another guideline in order to to design the voluntary labeling because during the fact that we have to change the pack, then we want to change the pack with the mandatory uh, labeling, but also what we want also to make and to, to, to talk about that. And the third guideline that we are starting to, to republish and that are in a, in a public uh, consultation in this moment was strictly related to the digital uh, Digital digital solution for for uh, for packaging and this is exactly because uh, there's 
a, a quite big request from company from one end in order to be, as he said before, transparent and open source to all the consumer to the information that they need for the product. If you're talking about the passport, uh, digital passport of the product or the, the packaging in order to understand what kind of material, but in particular, how to do the right separate collection of the waste in 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 um, for the consumer because i have to say as i said before it is important everything that we do it it is have to be done in order to give an help to do to the consumer the citizen to do the right thing in the local in the, in the local context i had one thing about the local context because it is not possible to do the same collection way way of collection in all around the uh, European country because every country have their specificity. One issue where we have some countries that are island, for example, other are mountains, the other are like Italy, we have most of them. And so the, in order to have an effective collection, they have different way of collect and also different way of, of approaching that. For example, Italy, it is historically with few raw materials, so we have developed a quite important uh, recycling uh, industry of that. So, and we are still one of the first in, in Europe about that. So in order to maintain to, and to, to manage in the right way materials, because I have to say, the, the, the waste inside our inside our cities are are new are new resources that can be can have a second life on on that and the way to manage correctly in order to increase uh, the recycle of that it is one of the things that is quite important for example for Italy where we do not have uh, quite a lot of raw material and Digitalization at, at the, uh, of the packaging and the information of digital can help consumer and the citizen to do the right thing with their act of separate the collection in uh, the right beam. Well, Anna, I want to come back to you. I know it, it's we're a very timely event today because it was less than a week ago that the Commission published its revision of the packaging and packaging waste regulation. I wonder, have you had a time to make an assessment of how that looks? What are your thoughts and your initial uh, reactions? It, it was like a Saint, uh, Santa Claus gift. Uh, I think it's a very important uh, document for European Union, not, not only, it is actually very important on the global level, uh, giving the directions. Uh, we welcome very much, uh, first, of, first of all, the 15% target, modest, but still a target for, for uh, waste packaging uh, minimize, minimization and um, also very important uh, policy instrument that is related to the recycled content. We need to create the demand on the market for the post-consumer uh, waste uh, uh, fractions. Uh, so they become the substrate for the recycling industries, for the production facilities and remain in the uh, loop. 
So uh, all in all, the document is extremely positive uh, and uh, we are very happy to, uh, to have received this uh, information and uh, uh, with regards to the guidelines and directions that the European Union is taking, uh, we have to remember that the European Union is actually now one of the most important, is the most important environmental institution in the world, as it is said. Uh, and uh, all the mechanism policy instruments uh, presented there uh, I think will secure circular economy uh, on top of the recycled content. Also, what's, in, what's uh, important is uh, uh, reuse uh, targets and uh, very important uh, requirement with regards to the recyclability of the packaging. Uh, and if we come back to the to the digital marking and marking of the of the packaging, uh, we have now more than 170 kilograms per capita per year in European Union. Uh, again, it's, it's uh, of course, very valuable for the consumers in all European countries, not only as we have it in, in some, some of them, information with regards to the, to the uh, type of the sorting that, that should be applied and, and where the consumer should, uh, should leave uh, the, the package. Uh, in terms of the source separation, but we also have to take into consideration that this is not everything and it should be uh, looked upon from the perspective of other uh, measures. Uh, as I mentioned, eco, eco design and the production processes and uh, recycled content, extremely important. But uh, I would like to also refer to the huge challenge that we have in Europe and uh, which is related to the uh, packaging waste uh, made of plastic. Uh, so even though, as I mentioned earlier, in Sweden, we have had the information as consumers with regards to how we should uh, uh, source separate uh, plastic packaging, uh, based on the data uh, summarizing 2020, um, it was revealed that only uh, barely a little bit over 40% was collected. So still 60% of the plastic packaging is in the residual waste fraction. And based on the new methodologies Sweden reported already for 2020, only 15% was uh, material, uh, material recycled. So even though there has been this information and, and uh, I think, I believe uh, Scandinavian countries ca can uh, serve as, as guideline for simplicity, uh, still we have to remember about the context and also the framework and the solutions and uh, just to add the extended producer responsibility, very important element, uh, adding the uh, uh, financing yeah, to, to, to the collection uh, systems, especially if it is uh, the responsibility of the municipalities. Well, thank you, Anna. A mixed bag there of a response, I think. But as you say, perhaps Scandinavian countries are providing some leadership there. But I see also um, we have online some of our, uh, our people reacting to uh, what Lucas said. Carol Bujado is saying that the U-Label platform for wine and spirits products are offering digital solution and food information and will be implemented in the Italian legislation as of January 2023. So thank you to Italian authorities as well for showing the way. And let me come back um, to, to you, Stefan, uh, and get your assessment as well of the revision of the packaging and packaging waste regulation in general, not just the digital passports. I know I'm, I'm asking you this after only six days, but uh, I know you probably have had a chance to skim it anyway. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, definitely, it is great that the Commission has come up with this uh, proposal uh, and um, 
yeah, I mean, because it's uh, it's it's an important step towards addressing still uh, the plastics uh, challenge and the, the challenge with our packaging uh, more more generally, and uh, yeah, so the new rules on on uh, design on the uh, content on on recycled content of packaging and the plastics in particular, also new reuse and recycling targets. We know that there was a bit of back and forward in terms of defining, for example, the exact uh, target. It's uh, the time frame for reuse uh, and, re and recycle uh, of, of packaging uh, waste. But yeah, uh, all in all, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's still a, a, a big uh, a progress. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, when it comes to, to my understanding, at least uh, uh, the digital solutions such as digital product passports, uh, they will be addressed more as part of the other proposal, which is the eco-design for sustainable products regulation, also the batteries regulation, and they will target products uh, themselves. And of course, uh, depending on how this uh, legislative framework will develop, uh, it may be practical to apply digital product passports, labels to packaging, but with regard to the products contained therein, not the packaging themselves. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, indeed, when it comes to the packaging, uh, it is indeed, uh, there are also new developments such as uh, developments of, of chemical recycling, for example, that can maybe address some previous challenges. But I think it's, the, before we go into that, it's important that we uh, first uh, do as much as we can to prevent, prevent waste uh, uh, generation, to avoid a necessary amount of packaging when we can go with less. Uh, and that actually we design packaging to be uh, reusable, to be recyclable, and also to uh, deploy and uh, and improve our uh, waste management infrastructure, waste collection infrastructure across across Europe. And uh, another important point is um, uh, is uh, concerns uh, uh, um, waste shipments and the movement of waste uh, within the union. We need to create a single market for waste. That will actually also create us, uh, help us create the economy of scale. We need to standardize waste, uh, um, also collection, recycling, so that the, the secondary materials will then improve, be improved in their quality and become more competitive compared to virgin materials, for example. Notwithstanding that we need to, of course, prioritize reuse, repairs, especially, especially when it comes to uh, main products. Uh, so this is, there. Uh, it, the waste, the packaging uh, directive is also, we need to look at it within the wider context of, of the waste and product uh, uh, related legislation and the circular economy as such, so that we can actually uh, really uh, ensure that we achieve the transition to a more, uh, to a more circular economy. Nico, let me bring you in there because we've talked um, a lot, we've, we're talking about consumers, but we're also talking about producers and packaging producers. Um, there are other stakeholders involved in this chain as well, sort of people along the supply chain. What's your take on, on where the focus needs to be to deliver on a circular economy? Yeah, um, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, regarding um, uh, the recyclability, I think uh, steel drum is a perfect solution. Um, the drum consists more or less 100% uh, of steel. Of course, there's some coating on it and... Uh, the closure might be of, made of plastic in some cases, but uh, the main parts of the steel drum are 
100% recyclable and, and they are recycled. Steel is the most recycled material in the world. So that is not, uh, not a problem at all for our business, I guess. And also, as I said, uh, these drums are handled by professionals along the uh, supply chain. And um, I don't think there, is, there are many drums that get lost and, and uh, end up as landfill, even if they are uh, exported, uh, because some of the filled products, the filled drums are exported outside of Europe, certainly. Um, another thing uh, that is important for us, uh, of course, we are also monitoring and, and studying the, the new draft of the packaging and packaging waste regulation and uh, see with great interest that uh, the um, topic of reuse has a, um, uh, is very important there. And also drums are mentioned there, um, strangely in context of transport packaging, because we don't see ourselves, our drums as transport packaging. We see them as primary packaging. But uh, there are some open questions that, that are remaining, and, and we have to clear this and with a, um, the other stakeholders, because um, our steel drums, they can be reconditioned. They, they are reconditioned from the more or less, I think we have, uh, we produce around 30 million steel drums in Europe and, and uh, about 10, 10, 10 million steel drums are reconditioned each year. And um, of course, it is important uh, to see what our customers, the fillers and, and their customers, the emptiers of the drums, what, uh, what do they say? Um, do they accept a reconditioned drum? Uh, I could imagine that in some cases there will be problems, but um, I guess we have to look at this more in detail and discuss along the supply chain uh, what is possible uh, because of course our industry is also um, in favor of, of a circular economy. Well, just as a follow-up, um, I'm, I'm interested, Nico, because Stefan mentioned what I think he said was a single market for waste. Um, is the, the steel drum industry involved in helping transport waste as well? Um, I'm, I could imagine that uh, these open head drums in some cases are also used for waste. Um, but this is something which which we would not be so familiar with because uh, they are uh, maybe for for lithium batteries in some cases. It, it, it is possible, yeah. I, I wouldn't exclude it. Okay, thank you very much. Let's take um, a question now from our audience online. Thank you very much. Martina Cironi has a question, um, in fact, just to Luca specifically. Uh, regarding, is it compulsory to label returnable packaging in business to business is their question. If a client receives my packaging and then returns it to my company, should it be labeled from January 2023? It's quite a specific question, but uh, Luca, if you can tackle it from Martina, that would be helpful. Yeah, in the guideline that we, we, we draft, uh, well, what we said it is that you have to give the right information, but uh, it is not necessary, particularly to business to business, to put on the pack. The, the, this kind of information, but you need also you can do it uh, using on, on the, 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 um, the document that can, that is used to, to transport the, the material. So the issue it is to be sure that the information it is given to the to the business to business, but the, the way you do it it is not necessary to be done directly on the on the pack also because there are some some cases there are some problems to do that uh, I can say. But Jennifer, if I 
cannot I can add something about uh, some uh, comments about uh, the proposal of the Commission on the on the, on the packaging packaging waste uh, revision. But one thing that surprised us and the Italy is starting to have a quite uh, strong reaction about that. It is. Uh, that due to the fact that when we talk about sustainability, I make a more general, but then I arrive. When we talk about sustainability, sustainability means to be able to be adapt to the local context. So, uh, due to the fact that, that, that different countries have different approach, we see Sweden from one end, for example, in, in Italy, we are able to make separation from different color of the of the glass. Just to make an example, it's not a problem. We are don't, we don't have separate collection, but we are able to to separate inside the, the inside the, the the second phase once collected. So the real issue it is uh, in order to be sure that in the different context of different country, and uh, we we make a quite interesting uh, uh, event. With, the, with our expert, is our organization of the Extended Producer Responsibility Organization. What came out, it is that every country have a completely different organization. I make two examples. Italy, it's a high rate, more than 73% of recycle. And we, have, uh, we work with, um, with the municipality and then there's responsibility of the collection. If you go in Belgium, same rate, so I, there's only one bag, and then there's uh, um, uh, they make an industrial separation in order to 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 have the material in order to be collected. In any case, results are the same, but they are completely different. Belgium, it is big cities, little little uh, little uh, area. Italy, it is long mountains, seaside, etc. So the, the the real request that we have it is due to the fact that there are some very good example that are working quite well in some condition and there are different countries are completely different for story and for investment and also for for geography this it is important to to be respected in order to in particular if the country are able to reach three four five six seven years before the target given to the, the european commission not is the same for for other country, for example. So I think that this kind of debate to leave the flexibility in order to reach the goals, because the goals I fully agree that it is important to have high uh, high rates in order to to rightly manage our our waste, because now it is in particular a resource more than in the past, and due to the fact that in these in this economic situation and everything is changed and also the, the, the international supply chain are completely completely changed this kind of material became more and more quite important well indeed look it requires almost a different mindset as well to stop thinking of waste as waste and think of it as a resource but something that i think is absolutely clear to the next generation I have a couple of questions, Anna, coming in from our audience specifically for you. Vinciane Patelo is saying, if sorting instructions on pack do not really help to improve collection, 
what else or what can be done to reach consumers. And Clarissa is also saying that the new proposals, revisions, require deposit return for beverage packaging if the very high targets are not met. Perhaps you could explain how deposits incentivize consumers or are incentive schemes the same thing? What sort of performance do we see? Um, really coming back to our core question today about empowering consumers and incentivizing consumers. Yes, indeed. The clear information about uh, how to sort uh, the, the, the package at the level of the household is an important guideline for the, for the consumer. But uh, we can clearly see that this is both uh, uh, proactive consumers that will uh, look, in, uh, look at this information and, and apply the instruction uh, in their uh, sorting. Still, we know some, some packaging, especially plastic, and this is not only the problem of Scandinavian countries everywhere in, in Europe and in the world, plastic packaging is a huge uh, challenge. Uh, I uh, especially also uh, flexible uh, plastics, and I, I can give example of, of my husband. He can, he can source separate uh, 3D uh, objects without any problem, but uh, as it comes to the plastic packaging after after a bread, it's a little bit of the of the challenge and I used to pick it up from the residual waste. Um, so it is very important to look at the, at the context and also look at other uh, solutions and frameworks that are uh, value creating for, for a circularity of the packaging. And as deposit systems are, are mentioned, it is a very important collection method for beverage containers. We know that beverage, beverage containers are very much littered in the nature and actually they, the background of the deposit systems for single use beverage uh, containers is actually an anti-liter measure. 1984 uh, system was uh, uh, established as obligatory collection methodology in in, in Sweden. Now, uh, in uh, with Malta included, there are 13 European countries with this solution. And because of the fact that this is a packaging type that is very much littered in the nature, uh, a, a very special motivation in form of this uh, financial uh, deposit uh, tool is, is needed for the consumers. So uh, we, as we can see in many countries, uh, we've implemented the deposit scheme for single-use beverage containers. We would not find many uh, uh, bottles and, and cans littered in the, in the nature. And that's because the powerful uh, mechanism of uh, monetary incentive is, is applied. So uh, the purchase of the, of the product uh, in uh, deposit-bearing uh, packaging, uh, customer uh, pays uh, fee, which is fully returned when uh, the customer returns the, the package to the, to the um, uh, selling point. Uh, so yet again, it's, it's very important to look into the uh, proven uh, solutions for uh, waste management for the collection and uh, embed all of the uh, solutions and framework uh, for the uh, circularity of all packaging in the European Union. Thank you. Malta, let me come back to you again. You've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of speakers there with, with different perspectives. Is there anything that's standing out to you uh, or particularly chiming we come on before we come on to our questions from the audience? 
Well, uh, I think uh, it's uh, it's a good sign that everybody is looking uh, forward to to receive uh, the uh, to to work on this uh, digital product passports. And yeah, as it was mentioned, also like the opportunity for deposit return schemes and uh, to really leave the the, the message uh, on the product. I think this is a really really good uh, good way to to go forward. But uh, of course, we we also have to make sure and and also keep in mind that most informations for consumers. Uh, uh, well, still have to be uh, readable on the product itself. So we cannot shift to a system where we put all the information only uh, in the digital product passport. I think this could could create a, a loophole in, in information uh, that we should try to avoid. Well, thank you very much. We do have a, a question coming in from our audience as well that perhaps uh, uh, you, you could uh, have a look at as well, asking... How can digital solutions ensure that packaging or product is made from a certain percentage of recycled materials? And for waste-derived recycled plastic content, how could digital solutions enable traceability at the product or unit level? So a couple of quite specific questions. Uh, Malta, I'll let you tackle it and then see if any of our other panelists want to chime in as well. Well, I guess uh, the solution for this, uh, of course, uh, lies uh, at the at the producer level. So how they can uh, basically then, uh, yeah, prove how, how much they, uh, how much of recycled content they put. Um, but I think that's uh, that's totally doable. That's uh, in in what is what is what should be possible for for them. Um, so yeah, of of course, this uh, that's the kind of information that could be uh, put to the digital product passports, which is also, of course, then again an interesting information uh, for uh, the recyclers, uh, so that they know, like, of yeah, what they have to ex what they can expect if they uh, put uh, the product back into the loop. Thank you very much, Stefan. The same question to you about what sort of possibilities lie with these digital solutions? Can they ensure that a product is made from percentage recycled materials or waste-derived plastic content? Uh, we, we talked about uh, transparency. I mean, there's, there's, there's only so much, surely, a digital solution can do. Uh, well, uh, it can definitely help uh, in principle uh, uh, because uh, if, if, if you set it right, I mean, digital product passports can enable access to this information. So whoever receives the product at some point, uh, that person can scan, uh, for example, the tag and access the background information about the product, including also the content and uh, uh, including also the share of recycled material in the product. Uh, so that that is definitely, and, and it, it enables this kind of a very efficient, seamless information transfer about the product instead of using paper or checking or you doing some additional auditing to determine the the, the content now uh, of course it, it doesn't mean that it can it can solve all of it on its own uh, it's part of the solution uh, for example you need to make sure that the inf that the initial information the original information is of high quality so for that, you may need to do some initial auditing to ensure that actually product is made of recycled materials or at least partially. But then, for example, once the, the information uh, is credible, once it's inserted, uh, then it's actually easier if it, if it flows uh, digitally to actually access it. It becomes less costly to prove that the product is actually indeed what, 
what the, the label says or the product the digital product passport says and so forth so in that sense there are great possibilities now of course one of the biggest challenge with product passports and also digital information sharing in general is access is this balance between sharing information and data protection uh, so producers may be concerned over the confidentiality uh, business sensitive information ipr and so forth so then it, it, that that is still a, a bit of a challenge when you look at different legislative initiatives how to introduce product product passports or just share information uh, digitally there are also new uh, other solutions such as blockchain that can for example help with this or you can combine blockchain and digital product passports so there are ways but these are uh, uh, still to be uh, scaled up also just to come back shortly on what uh, uh, Luca was talking about indeed like when you are when when uh, certain product or, or waste uh, is, uh, is 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 uh, transferred from one actor to another needs to be accompanied by certain document or information so that it can be tracked right but this is exactly what digital product passport can help because uh, especially in, in, in say say more dynamical form where different actors can insert information by digital product passport uh, it can actually, it, 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 it can improve information sharing. That being said, of course, the challenge is with respect to the quality of the information. And uh, it, 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 it's also something that, that needs to be addressed when we develop digital product passports, not just in terms of information added by producers in the, uh, in the design phase and production phase, but also information that can be added uh, 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 downstream. Well, Luca, uh, sort of, I want you to build on that because we have yet another question coming in from our audience member, again, about the information on digital passports, asking how could it help recyclers receiving shredded, sorted waste? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges in this chain. But the, the information, the digital information can be used, uh, for example, there's a lot in Italy, in particular, quite a lot of uh, app web app that again can give you you make the scan of the product and then he said he, they are geolocalized and can you give you a correct indication which way you can make the correct sorting bin in order you the, the packaging that you have in hand as uh, as uh, packaging packaging waste national organization we are completing at the end of this year the map of the way in, in, in different in the different um, uh, cities the, the the different way of collection will will be done and this will give a great help in order to to use this kind of digital information in order to easy help the the the, the citizen to to do the right uh, right activity in order to throw it in the right bin but I have to underline two things. One, it is remember that the, the, the digital uh, solution are, uh, are like um, a car. You, you have to decide what you put on the car. So the issue it is one issue it is how you move it, the information, and the other it is which kind of information, the quality of the information you put in. We have in any case to separate and manage in in different way. The second, when we talk about uh, separate collection waste we know we talk about uh, in which way we explain and convince the the, the, the citizen to do the right uh, act in order to make the right sorting and uh, also from this uh, it's thinking about that there's one unique solution that it is easy and 
full uh, uh, going the right way, like the depository return scheme. If uh, I can make some comparison on on the different scheme, for example, there are uh, in Italy without uh, no depository return scheme, the cans in aluminium are now more than 90% collected. With and if you look in other country, if you look to the depository return scheme. The, the, the numbers are lower than this kind. And we was quite surprised to in the in the proposal of the of the, the commission to, to 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 do not find no target of interception for the deposit return scheme. When we have some studies that we have done that there's a very different uh, uh, percentage from country to country, it moves from 83% to 94%. So it depends in which way you are doing that. And in some kinds, as I said before, the, in, the, in the local context would, would be no, the right solution, in particular in the big country, quite complex, where never introduced it and are still obtaining now quite high rate of recycling of the packaging that it is in the market. Thank you very much, Luca. Um, let me come back, Nico, it's not specifically on drum, but uh, there's a couple of issues that I see coming up from our questions, specifically challenges like multi-language labeling, packaging or, or information providing. Um, some saying that, in fact, there are national sorting initiatives and label initiatives, uh, for example, Italy and France, that are entering into force uh, from the 1st of January. But then some guidelines are not available in English. We see just a difference uh, and a little bit of a fragmentation. Uh, Carol from Spirits Europe is also pointing out that there's a bit of fragmentation. What's your view on this? Um, do you see any potential solutions? What's the advice that you would give? for those operating particularly cross-border or across Europe. Yeah, uh, thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, I guess, uh, especially in our industry and, and also in our customers, uh, multinational uh, and transborder transports uh, are more the rule than the, the exception. And yeah, I could, I could imagine that uh, often uh, everything is handled in, in English, but uh, um, of course, um, that is not always possible. And uh, that means we, we have uh, the necess necessity to, to have the information in, in different languages. And uh, I'm quite sure that uh, digital solutions or solutions on the, on the shipping documents are here um, the right way forward. Um, of course, on, on a drum, on a steel drum and a big steel drum, you can put on also a big label which would have then to be done by our customers, of course, not, not by ourselves. And on a big label, you can write more information in more languages, but for smaller packaging, that is, of course, not possible. Um, and also, um, especially for the older, elder people among us, uh, you still have to be able to read this. So um, also here, a digital solution could be, could be the right way, I guess. Well, thank you, Nico, indeed. But some problems are not everyone's problems. Big drums get big labels. That's fantastic, really good to point out. Malta, let me come back to you. Um, aside from taking aside from uh, Nico's very practical pointing out there that we need to be able to read things and digital solutions could help there. How do we deal with some of the other fragmentation issues regarding, for example, multi-language packaging? Um, well, 
I, I think, of course, uh, goods are sold mo mostly in, in uh, national markets and um, are often uh, also, yeah, like dealt with uh, within uh, companies that are active uh, in uh, their specific uh, countries. Um, but I think uh, that uh, the solution should, of course, uh, be that there is always an English version uh, with regard to uh, our common goal of uh, a more harmonized uh, market and also of uh, more uh, yeah of, of more european understanding so of of uh, of, of uh, so that we uh, provide to creating a european uh, identity and uh, that basically every uh, child uh, will always uh, have uh, in mind okay it's not only my local language but also uh, our common language um, so I, I think this is for the for the for the labeling, but uh, of course I mean like with the, with the with the digital with the digital birth passport, um, this is uh, just yeah easy easy to do. You can put any uh, languages. Um, if I may, I would just uh, make another comment on uh, the single market for waste. Uh, what was mentioned by Stefan, um, because this is I think a really really. Uh, important uh, thing to think about how to make it best because i think it's really important to keep in mind to always uh, have yeah make it the most ecological uh, solution uh, uh, possible and um, because what we risk if we really push for uh, a single market for waste is basically that we lower our standards because in some countries we have really high standards so the aim must be to get everybody else to the very high standards, and then we can harmonize the markets. And not, for example, that we ship waste from uh, Finland to Portugal just because it's cheaper there, uh, but that we uh, like make it more easily to for for local uh, waste waste processing, especially in the cross-border regions. I think this should be the 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 aim of a single market for waste. Anna, I'd very much like to get your perspectives on this as well. Do you agree or disagree or somewhat disagree? Or... I think that uh, obviously the digital uh, marking gives uh, opportunities, especially in the context of the, of the uh, challenge with the, with the languages. Uh, I have to say that even though uh, in Sweden we have had the description with regards to the sorting instructions, uh, it was not so often for the applied on the on the imported uh, products on the packaging for the imported products. So, so basically, it will it will solve some uh, challenges, uh, but uh, we should maybe. Uh, go further and uh, think about the requirement for all the uh, packaging um, uh, labeling to include the information about the type of uh, uh, material that the, that, the, that the package is made of. So as, as we have now as the example of the uh, description in, in Swedish language or Scandinavian languages, this package should be sorted as plastic, glass, metal, and so on. But this is uh, one sentence, and uh, it should be added to the uh, information uh, about the packaging. And uh, I showed you many times, and I will uh, do it one more time, this uh, packaging after uh, pasta, uh, uh, locally produced in, in uh, Sweden. The information about the sorting instruction is essential part of the 
product uh, and package information. So uh, regardless if it is uh, it is the, the, the code, the, the QR code or just a sentence, um, it will be necessary for the consumers to, to uh, and actually the consumer right to have this information uh, provided. Uh, and I would like to also build on what Mr. Sipka said earlier. I uh, have not been thinking about that, but I really like the the opportunity that the uh, packaging uh, description will will give uh, for us consumers that already not only at the post-consumer phase uh, when we need to decide how to sort the, the certain package, we will also have uh, opportunity as uh, consumers uh, at the, before the purchase to uh, do our consumer choices because uh, I would obviously very much... Uh, I like to choose the packaging that has high recycle content rather than the package that only uh, has or will have in future just a minimum recycle content um, in the material. So that, that was a very interesting point and uh, I, I really like that opportunity. Well, I think um, Malta and Anna, I'll put this to both of you. Um, we see different priorities within consumers. And indeed, Anna, you might, we want to see a highly recycled product or packaging, but there may be price point concerns for other consumers. It's, how do we really get the incentive there? Um, and where does that lever need to be? Does it need to be at the manufacturing or packaging level? Um, or is it enough to rely on consumers to make the right choices if given the right information? Uh, transparency alone doesn't always solve everything. Malta, could I get your reaction to that? Well, uh, I think what is really crucial with this question is first of all to look at the concept of eco-design. So basically that we put up uh, yeah, best performing uh, categories and that we kick out the least perform performing uh, uh, companies who cannot comply with that. Um, so this uh, kept in mind this eco-design idea that we implement on so many other product ca categories uh, through the eco-design eco uh, for sustainable products regulation. Um, uh, this is, of course, like the, the main... Uh, main structure but then for the for the rest for everything that is like within uh, the the yeah, let's say the league from our from us decided legal area uh, there uh, people should be able to 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 choose of course um but yeah to to go for this price argument i think it's really important to keep in mind um that basically more and more virgin material use um, I think virgin material use, if we think about circular economy, it's only as cheap uh, because we are not able uh, to uh, to internalize all the so far externalized costs. So by coming up with this political political decision of using recycled content, we in the end, of course, end up with the far cheaper solution because we protect our planet. And this is just the most valuable thing we all can do. Thank you. Anna, I'd, I'd be interested in your response on that one as well. I fully agree with uh, Mr. Gallet, and I would like to also answer your question. Uh, well, communication with consumers is important, but it's not everything, and it will not do the job in 100%. Uh, Eco-design is a very important precondition for circularity. Uh, information for uh, consumers, how to sort, yes, uh, uh, part of that, but we have to also think about the comprehensive uh, framework and, and solution. And uh, let me give you an example of Sweden. As uh, 2020 was reported and we woke up uh, looking at the data, 15 
15% uh, plastic packaging uh, material recycled. Huge shock, huge shock for uh, for the market actors, for the for the government, for uh, those interested uh, consumers. And then, what does the government do? Well, yes, there needs to be a solution implemented. So it's pretty interesting that the cradle of extended producer responsibility, as Sweden can be called, um, decided upon very serious steps. And now the organization responsibility of the producers with regards to the collection of the packaging waste will be terminated from 1st of January 2024. It will be municipalities responsible to collect all the waste fractions, residual food and packaging and producers, manufacturers, importers will have to pay for the collection of uh, packaging fraction, uh, fractions. So we know today that, uh, uh, as uh, uh, per example of Sweden, 60% of pl plastic packaging is anyway uh, left in the residual uh, waste fraction and uh, has to be uh, sorted uh, at uh, the municipal uh, facilities. So uh, it's very also important to, to underline the efficient um, uh, solutions um, in terms of the collection, in terms of the preparation for the recycling, and uh, also the framework uh, included the uh, extended producer responsibility and co-financing from uh, producers, um, which is in a way a uh, guideline of the European Union and uh, embedded in the uh, Waste Framework Directive in Article 8a. Stefan, uh, let us, as we, we're just uh, coming to our final, but I want to touch on one area that we haven't really mentioned, which is the possibility for repair and recycle of goods um, and tracking of specifically harmful substances. Um, how do you see uh, current proposals on that? Um, and is transparency, again, the same question, is transparency the absolute golden bullet? Well, I would say that, uh, uh, I mean, transparency is definitely very important because the information is key uh, in all of these debates and discussions. Uh, but of course, uh, we need to do something more concretely, uh, building on the information available. I mean, information is important to design more circular products that uh, for consumers to handle them in a better way, in a more sustainable way. Uh, we need it for repairers to know, for example, if a certain device contains hazardous chemicals or not, and uh, and for waste operators to actually be able to recycle end-of-life uh, um, products uh, more efficiently and uh, so that we can recover secondary materials. So for all of that, we need information and digital tools can enable better uh, sharing of information. Now, of course, uh, uh, what the EU can do, what the policymakers can do, they can indeed design out certain uh, uh, certain, uh, say, features of a product, so that uh, including also if 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 it's not necessary for a product to contain certain hazardous materials that uh, we don't necessarily uh, need it, and of course that needs time and it needs to be assessed by on a case by case basis. 
to to introduce this sort of rules, and we will see, of course, you know, what the new eco design regulation will, um, uh, how, how will it develop, and delegated acts need to be adopted, and so forth. But yeah, indeed, some some of these solutions can be provided by simply mandatory requirements for product content. Then, of course, sharing of information, uh, digital product passports can help with that. And uh, also to touch upon the end of life uh, management, also going back to the extended producer responsibility. Um, um, now there are developments introducing eco-modulation, for example, uh, where fees that producers need to pay will depend also on the uh, on 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 the products themselves, on whether they are more recyclable, or less recyclable, repairable, and so forth. And that, uh, in a way, that can that will affect the fee that they need to pay for the uh, management end of life management of the products that they placed on the market. So uh, that's also an interesting way to incentivize also better product design uh, to be products to be more durable, more recyclable, uh, but also if product design is not affected, producers may just shift the price to consumers. Less recyclable, repairable producers will be more expensive, consumers will buy other products. On plastics, just to say also there is a plastic levy now at the EU level for non-recycled products, which again means that that's another incentive uh, to actually uh, that can be another signal for consumers to buy products with more recyclable packaging. It's easier said than done, of course. The devil is in the details, and a lot of these policies are still to be ironed out, to be fully implemented, uh, but there are definitely opportunities. And on the repairs, again, uh, uh, more can be done also when it comes to improving relations between, say, independent repairers and manufacturers so that information can flow between the, the, between the two. And again, it comes back to this question on, 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 on how, what information you can use, to what extent, for what purpose. Uh, and this is, again, something where the EU can help. And uh, then we would need to look at more closely at the digital agenda, the work on the data act, on the dat digital data spaces and so forth, and the eco-design regulation, which is indeed uh, an extremely important uh, initiative at, the, at this point. But yeah, Absolutely. just to say, indeed, like the EU policies have been focused for recycling for a very long time, and indeed, the time is to actually try to shift uh, towards, let's say, other other aspects of uh, to actually prevent waste and to uh, reuse and repair uh, products before they even become waste or being destined for uh, recycling. Thank you very much. A lot of interconnected uh, elements and policies there. Luca, I think you wanted to chime in as well. Let's hear from you. Yeah, I wanted to add something about transparency because when you talk about transparency for the consumer, it is one issue. But another issue it is due to the fact that we make a study in order to understand how the APR system in Europe are, are and how much transparency there in order to have some uh, also information about the cost and how they spend the money they collect. One thing that surprised quite a lot, uh, it is that more than half of the different APR system in Europe do not have public information available. It is not possible to understand how they spend their money. And so the transparency is quite low. And I think that and uh, what surprised me, it is nothing about this kind of topic was inside the, the the proposal of the commission because how is possible in order to design to understand how there's all this interconnection this complexity if uh, there's not a request of transparency and this is not a transparency of fee 
This is another thing, because the fee is coming from how much you cost. We make a, an example to understand how there are the different fee paid in Europe. It is quite was quite a quite surprising me because there was a, it is from one to ten times comparing to the different country, and it is not linked to the result that they obtained. On the opposite, the one that have a lower result, they cost ten times, and in particular in this period where the the secondary material have a quite big value. There's also some country where there was an increase of uh, request of fee, even if there was then double or three times the value of the uh, secondary material put on that. And from my point of view, this it is not acceptable because we need to know even if there's an environmental product responsibility organization, they have to explain because this kind of money it is in any case asked to the company in order to pay at in which way will be at the end uh, of all the end. It is not a topic of, of market. It is a topic of, of transparency because otherwise there are countries where the money it is used in order to increase the system for the municipality. In other, there are some system that they use the money that they earn more in the pocket of some private organization. And this, from my point of view, it is something that it is, if you wanted to increase it, to, to work in the right way, transparency on the cost and what they put, the money must be one of the topic to, to be put. And nothing it is still now, we hope that in the, some of the recommendation we put on cost because Otherwise, it will happen that there was a lot of differences. Some some, some APR system will say, no, I don't say nothing about that. This is something that, like in Germany, in Germany it is quite interesting about that. No information, you do not understand where they spend money. And this is, from, from my point of view, it is still not still acceptable on that. We need to understand, because otherwise, how is it possible to make some European proposal say that the, 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 the German or the Swedish one, it is the best one if we do, do not know exactly how much does it cost and where we put. I think this is another key element about the transparency on that. Then, then it's possible to make some different decision, but on the base on that. And this is also the, the, the difficulty that the Commission had, because there's not a lot of study understanding how there's the difference between France, Sweden, uh, uh, etc. and do not make the comparison with that. I had only one other uh, example just to understand how we are different. In Sweden, there's not a lot of paperboard coming from recycled material because we have a lot of forest, well-managed, sustainable manage. On the opposite, we go in, in Italy, there's no, no, quite few the amount to use for, for, uh, for, for the paper. It is normally coming from a cycle collected paper because we don't have and uh, the forestry we don't use uh, on that thank you luca well we're down we just have a uh, one minute left so i think um i'll just very quickly ask each of you to say in just one word a yes or no are you content that we are on the right track with the right timeline malta are you are you believing that it's up to us uh, to make the best decisions right now huh? Okay, thank you. Anna, um, yes or no, are we on the right track and timeline? 
It's a lot of work ahead of us, uh, but we have clear directions uh, given by European Union and it will be very exciting uh, months ahead of us and, and years to fully implement circular economy. Stefan, a final word from you. I would say that the scene is set, but indeed we need to implement uh, uh, the policies that are currently being mm. developed and in terms of the timeline, we don't have a lot of time to address mm key threats, uh, challenges such as global warming, biodiversity loss, resource depletion, and to actually make our economy more resilient given the current geopolitical uncertainty. So time is always of the essence when it comes to sustainability and circular economy. Indeed, the clock is ticking. Nico, a final thought from you briefly. Yeah, certainly on the right track, uh, on the right timeline, I don't know. I, I don't think it's too late. To know. And Luca, final thought from you. Yes, for sure. The, 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 the framework, it is well done. I hope that will be considered the, the, the different context of the different country. Otherwise, the results, the good results that are still in some countries reached can be lose. Well, thank you all very much indeed. And thank you so much to our audience for all your questions and attention coming in over the last hour and 15 minutes. Thank you to Conai for sponsoring. We've been talking about how to empower consumers in the green transition. This is not a topic that's going to go away. We will be talking about it, I'm sure, for months and years to come. So please stay with us in your active and keep an eye out for future debates on this and many other topics. And have a great day.